Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Hey, good morning. <laughs> Sorry for the abruptness. Uh, good morning. How are we doing uh, this morning? Um, man, uh, we are diving into another section of Deuteronomy with uh, Deuteronomy 27 today. Deuteronomy 27. Uh, and so we were in a, a kind of a large section of Deuteronomy where it was really going through a lot of the laws of Moses. Um He's given a good sermon, and we're going to get into this part that's talking about blessings and curses, uh, and that really sums up between chapters 27 and 30 uh, is blessings and curses, uh, and you'll see some stuff um, in here that's, we're going to dive into what all that really means uh, and really how that is applied in our New Testament context uh, today. Uh, and so, but we're starting out in De Deuteronomy 27. Um, so let's let's get into it. Let's dive in, see what God has for us. Um, let's pray, uh, and then let's read His Word. Uh, Father, we just come to you today. We come to you this morning, um, wherever we're at. Maybe we're driving to work, or we're sitting in our living room, or uh, we're listening to this at a later date and time. Lord, I just. I just pray that right now we we uh, we separate our minds just for you, that we separate our hearts from everything else going on in our in our lives, in our working lives, in our family lives. And we just right now we dedicate our minds and our hearts to you. Teach us, Lord, this morning. Teach us uh, from your word. Uh, help us grow uh, further so we can shed your light and share your gospel. Uh, Lord, we love you. Uh, we pray for you. Uh, I surrender myself that you use me, you teach me as well, uh, and that this word be your word and not my own. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen and amen. All right. If you got coffee, if you got tea, if you got water, or hopefully it's not bad coffee, go ahead and have some, and then let's get into it. Um, Deuteronomy 27 again. I am reading out of the NLT. All right. Um, verse one Then Moses and the leaders of Israel gave this charge to the people Obey all these commands that I am giving you today. When you cross the Jordan River and enter the land the Lord God is giving you, set up some large stones and coat them with plaster. Write this whole body of instruction on them when you cross the river to enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. When you cross the Jordan, set up these stones at Mount Abel and coat them with plaster, as I am commanding you today. Then build an altar there to the Lord your God using natural, uncut stones. You must not shape the stones with an iron tool. 
build the altar of uncut stones and use it to offer burnt offerings to the Lord your God. Also, sacrifice peace offerings on it and celebrate by feasting there before the Lord your God. You must clearly write all these instructions on the stones coated with plaster. Then Moses and the Levitical priests addressed all Israel as follows. O Israel, be quiet and listen. Today you have become the people of Israel, your God. You must obey the Lord your God by keeping all these commands and decrees that I am giving you today. Verse 11. This, that same day, Moses also gave this charge to the people. When you cross the river Jordan, the tribes of Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin must stand on Mount Gerashim uh, to proclaim a blessing over the people. And the tribes of Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulon, Dan, and Nephtali uh, must stand on Mount Ebal and proclaim a curse. Then the Levites will shout to all the people of Israel. Verse 15. Cursed is anyone who carves or casts an idol and secretly sets it up. These idols, the work of craftsmen, are detestable to the Lord, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who dishonors um, their father or mother, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who steals property from a neighbor by moving a boundary marker, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who leads a blind person astray on the road, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who denies justice to foreigners, orphans, or widows, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who has sexual intercourse with one of his father's wives, for he has violated his father, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who has sexual intercourse with an animal, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who has sexual intercourse with his sister, uh, whether she is the daughter of his father or his mother, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who has sexual intercourse with his mother-in-law, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who attacks a neighbor in secret, and all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who accepts payment to kill an innocent person, and all the people will reply, Amen. And cursed is anyone who does not affirm and obey these terms of these instructions, and all the people will reply. Amen. The reading of the word. And there we go. <clears throat> um, all right. Man. Some of this sounds a little gloomy, <laughs> but let's get into it because I'm telling you, actually, when we really dive into what's going on here, um, uh, I just want you to walk away saying, Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus, because uh, we're gonna we have to put this in New Testament context. Uh, even if we were sitting in Old Testament, we must understand the bigger context of what God is doing uh, throughout his law and the whole purpose of the law. Amen. And so um, first, uh, he tells them to go out and set up an altar once they cross the River Jordan. Now, it also said in my reading in the NLT uh, um, and some of the other ones, it says 
whitewash with lime other than coat them with plaster. Uh, it's just a, they're trying to make the best translation of what it says in Hebrew, of course. Uh, and really what it is, is um, in a, a form of lime was actually burning the bones of like, of either animals or humans even, and some of that and kind of, but you're basically putting something on the stone that is helping uh, whatever you carve on it or put on it, that it makes the writing stand out. So just, it's, it's not paper mache or anything crazy like that, but it, it is a special type of coating um, that, that's really helping that stand out. Uh, so look at it that way. It's making the words stand out. It's making what God's commandments are, stand, are to stand out. Uh, this is also a specific location that is right across the river. So it's almost even as this is one, it's an altar. And then two, it has the commandments of the Lord saying that you are now entering the land of the Lord. This is the this is the Lord God's specific land for his people. And these are the rules of the house. Right. These are the rules of the house. Uh, God even said in certain areas to put that on your head or to put it on the doorstep or on the gates of your house. You know, the the rules of the Lord, the commandments of the Lord, the way that we live as followers of Jesus, the way that we live as followers of Yahweh, that we are to put his commandments where we are and say, in this house, I follow the Lord. In this land, I follow the Lord. It is a statement of saying, yes, this is who I follow, and this is how we do it. And it is a proclamation to anybody coming in, don't bring your mess. Don't bring your mess. And here we follow the word of the Lord. Okay. Um, so look at it in one way, that way. The other one, this is something that was really that kind of like, it, I, I think at first I was always like, man, like, okay, what's the big deal with, sh uh, with stones that were uncut? And of course, there's a level of purity, right? They're natural stones. Nobody made them look this way. This is purely out of God's creation that he's building this up. I want to point to verse 15. Cursed is anyone who carves or casts an idol and secretly sets it up. These idols, the work of craftsmen, are detestable to the Lord, and all the people will reply, amen. The whole purpose of uncut stones, or stones not touched uh, with an iron tool, we're not here to worship the talent or the craftsmanship or the gifting in which the Lord has given somebody. We've all seen when you go to a gravestone, and uh, actually my grandfather was in this business where he would design uh, grave headstones for people as when they passed away, and he would sit down with the grieving family as to what the headstone should look like. Uh, up in Vermont was a lot of where we get a lot of granite, and there's granite quarry up there. He used to own a granite quarry. Um, and he didn't really like the business side. He liked the artistic side of the business. And so he finally sold it, but he became the head artist uh, and then um, helped build that portion of it and uh, up in Barrie, Vermont. And there's a beautiful, this is probably the most artistic and beautiful cemetery I've ever seen. If you ever go up to Vermont, go to Barrie Cemetery uh, up there. And there's just the, some of the most beautiful headstones of different people um, 
you know, in remembrance of what their lives were. There's one that's this perfect soccer ball. Uh, this guy was a head coach of the area and just loved by the community. Another one was like an actual 3D, like completely a stock car, a race stock cars. There's another one I just love the story of um, how this uh, man and woman, uh, they, I don't know how long they were together. Uh, clearly, um, all the names are very Italian, right? So, uh, and it, the, it looks like they're sitting in bed. And the headstone is the two of them like they're sitting up in bed because the story is I forgot which one passed away first, but the other passed away within 24 hours. And that their love was so strong and it, just the artisticness of that. And there's times that we need to use our artistic ability. We need to use the giftings of God. We, we should celebrate what God has been able to give us. God even used it in making uh, the tabernacle, saying that these people are filled with the spirit of being able to be a craftsman to do certain things to help build the tabernacle. But there's other times where we need to put the giftings aside, where we need to put our talents aside. It's not about how well we can do X, Y, Z. It's about God. It's only about him. It's there's there's nothing else. I can't point to the talent of this or the gifting of that as to why this is a great time or a great moment. I can only point to God. And during when it is uh, here at the altar, that's the whole point, that I am only here for the presence of the Lord, that I am giving a burnt offering, I'm giving a peace offering, I am here just to be in the presence of the Lord, to have purely a relationship with Him through this offering at this altar, and that there's nothing, I'm not marveling after the talent or the gifting of somebody that put their hand to the stone to make this look beautiful, to make this look pretty, that no, it, it, I'm devoid of all of that. And it's just about God. And, and there's times where you know, we don't do, uh, we don't build altars to provide sacrifices anymore. But where is the altar in your house where there's devoid of distraction, where there's devoid of anything else that you're not worried about the, the wonderfulness of this man-made amazing iPhone or whatever other garbage you have? <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, Android. <laughs> and um, so, like, it's just we're not distracted by anything man-made, but that we're focused only on the Lord. And when we have our quiet time with the Lord, that's where get rid of anything that is just saying, oh, wow, I'm amazed by this or looking at that or worried about this. It is about the Lord alone. Spend that time with him. And it, yeah, we don't offer animal sacrifices, but it's a sacrifice of your time. It's a sacrifice of your time. Time is money. We say it around here, right? We say that in our uh, current culture, time is money. Money is how is currency. Back then, animals were currency. Back then, animals were livelihood. Back then, animals were a, a, 
a form of how wealthy and blessed you are by look at how many flocks I have. I have so many flocks. I need other people to help take care of my flocks. Look how wealthy I am. Today, it's all about the dinero, right? And so if we say time is money and I'm giving up of my time, wow. That's why spending time with the Lord in a daily amount is so beneficial because the Lord sees it, not just to learn from him, but as an act of separating ourselves to worship him. Just to worship him, him alone. And so it's getting rid of all that. It's getting rid of anything that is our workmanship, and it's all about him. So moving on, we kind of get um, this part where then he's saying, hey, we're going to go up there and we're going to talk about all of these blessings and curses. And then in this chapter, we go through a whole bunch of curses. Um, and they're shouting out, cursed is anyone who blank, who does blank. And there's a whole bunch of these. Um, there's 12 of them to be exact. And so uh, the first one, of course, is you ain't setting up no idols. Don't set up any idol. Don't set up anything, even in secret. Because the Lord sees what we do in secret. As much as we think we're hiding it, as much as we think that we're um, keeping that from the neighbors down the street or even from our own friends and family, uh, the Lord sees everything, right? So there really is no secret. And it's almost even worse because you it's almost like a mockery. You think that you can hide it from the Lord. And no, I'm sorry, it, it doesn't get hidden. It doesn't get hidden. Um, so it's even worse if you try to do it in secret. Uh, and these idols, craftsmanship, these are detestable to the Lord. How dare you uh, worship something that I'm that you yourself or man has made? Instead of the one that created you and gave you the gift to even be able to make anything. It's hurtful and it's shameful. And we see that um, we have this word, amen. We This is such Christian terminology. We use this all the time, amen. And really, uh, it's just saying, let it be so. So be it. It's a form of acknowledgement and agreement. Cursed is anyone who dishonors father or mother. Now, let's not get overly done with this, right? Um, this is not saying your two-year-old disobeyed you. <laughs> um, parents, I'm going to give you some freedom here. This is <laughs> this is not saying that, hey, your two-year-old's not obeying you or your seven-year-old or whatever uh, he or she uh, is. This is a part of deep dishonor. Cursed is anyone who dishonors father or mother. Perfect example of it, even in uh, more recent, uh, up to like Jesus's time, uh, you saw that Matthew is a tax collector, right? And he dishonors the family by doing that. He's dishonoring not only his family, but his people as Jews by saying, I'm going to side with the Romans and I'm going to help collect taxes for Caesar, the oppressing government, the oppressing people. Uh, over the land of Israel. And, and this is a huge dishonor. If you watch uh, the show, The Chosen, it really, really displays 
like the, the, the culturally detestableness of being a tax collector. It was almost so much that that's why you see tax collectors and sinners. It's like its own separate category of how like revolting and upsetting it is to be a tax collector. Yeah, we got all these other sinners. We we got the we got the whore that gets thrown in front of uh, Jesus. We got the um, you know all of these other they, yeah they're sinners and they deserve the law of Moses. But man, this tax collector, bro, I'm they're even separate. They're even worse. They're they're just oh, it's so detestable. And so that's uh, a way of looking at dishonoring father or mother. What is just so detestable that? It's almost to the level you don't even want them in the family anymore. You you ain't coming to Thanksgiving. You have dishonored us so much. That's really kind of what this is looking at, is that you've gotten to this point. Cursed is anybody that gets to that. Cursed is anybody that steals property. Um, cursed is anybody that leads the blind astray. Uh, man, that poor guy just didn't see it coming. And he's going down the wrong road. Uh, let's let's not do stuff like that. Um, there's a portion in here where it's four out of the 12 of these deal with uh, sexual sin. Deal with sexual sin. Um, it's a, another, if you will, if you look at all of these, it says for, um, for he violates his father in verse 20, right? Um, these sexual sins, you could also be breaking uh, verse 16, where you are dishonoring your father and your mother. So in a way, you can even count that one. That would make it five. And then on top of it, the very last one, cursed is anyone who does not affirm and obey the terms of these instructions. This is also, guess what? There's another. So if you break one of these, you break that one also. You break any of these, you're breaking that one in addition. So that now that's six of the 12, potentially all of them dealing uh, with sexual uh, sin in that manner. As it is uh, when we say that it's when we do something in a uh, against our bodies, we're not just sinning against God, but we're sinning against our bodies. We're sinning even against ourselves. And there's a level that we should have like a, a, an extra level of detestableness when we let our flesh run away. When we let our flesh run away and we're not only sinning against the Lord, but we're sinning against the gift of our body that he gave us. We should have an extra level of detestableness towards that. Uh, curses anyone who attacks his neighbor in secret. It's it's just as bad if you do it in the open, but even more so when you try to hide it. Even more so when you try to hide it. And cursed is anyone who accepts payment to kill an innocent person. As we saw that King David did that after Bathsheba to do a secret way of getting rid of Bathsheba's husband. So hopefully his sin wouldn't find him out, which we all know that that didn't really work out. King David's sin still found him out. And even more so, 
by trying to cover it up in, in another sinful act. Sin doesn't cover up sin. Sin will never cover up sin. It just makes it worse. So what's up with this word cursed? Cursed is anybody. Cursed is like two, it's kind of a twofold thing. Number one, uh, part of this is there's a natural repercussion to these, right? One here, it, it, anybody that has, who has sexual intercourse with his father's wife, right? Your, your dad's probably going to beat you up. <laughs> There, there's a natural repercussion to some of these. If you steal something uh, from somebody, if you attack somebody, you're, it will find you out. There's natural repercussions for doing bad things, right? Those things will happen as well. Uh, you, in our society, you get thrown in jail and you have a certain amount of time. The other part is that God is sovereign. And then this is partially where he's saying, I will choose to curse you for doing and breaking my commandments that you know you shouldn't be doing. And so any of us that are Christ followers that are, you know, becoming not as we call unchurched, but we are becoming churched. When we learn what the word of God has for us in our lives, and then we go against it, now we're having, hey, you actively know this was wrong, and you're doing it. You're actively knowing that this is wrong. So guess what? It's it's just, it's payment for your sin. It's these are what's going to happen. You will be cursed. And then the worst part of this is that now you're not punished for the sins of your father and further on and throughout your lineage, otherwise throughout generations, but the sin follows through generations. So like if, you know, who's uh, and I've had plenty of talks with people like, hey, my dad was an alcoholic, my grandfather was an alcoholic, so guess what? I am too. And it's this generational curse, right? You're not punished for your dad being an alcoholic, but that you said, I'm going to give into this, you are punished for the sin in which you are continuing on. And yes, sin wants to continue on because we all know that a lot of this, this is this is not just flesh. It is partially that. We have a part that we are fallen individuals. We hit and we our flesh wants certain desires and we can go after them. And that's also, but on in addition, that this is attack of the enemy. And that these two coming together is just it's a recipe for disaster for our lives. It's a recipe for disaster. When we fall into our flesh, it's an open door for the enemy to just go, you know what? There's a weak point. I'm going to manipulate that. I'm going to come in even more. I know you have a weakness for that. I'm going to do this. So guess what? That's why we have to pray up. That's why we have to be in our word. That's why we have to spend time with the Lord. Let him renew our mind and re and heal us from the inside out. But let's not, let's be curse breakers instead of curse perpetuators. Let's be curse breakers. And we can't do it alone, though. We don't do it alone. There's no way we can do it alone. 
We do it under the power of Jesus Christ. We do it under the blood in which he has redeemed us with. We are made righteous by him. Now, this whole chapter and, and more was basically fulfilled later in Joshua 8. But the biggest thing with all of this, in the whole law altogether, I want to take us to uh, Galatians 3, 10 through 14. And this is where we see Apostle Paul writing Galatians 10, uh, Galatians, excuse me, Galatians 3, 10 through 14, starting in 10, where all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. As it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it is. it says the person who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. The whole point of the law in general was to show you, uh, and, and that's why it sounds so gloomy, because guess what? It is. If you think that you can do this per, like faithfully and fully and perfectly, no. When we're all real with ourselves and we read this and we go, well, I might be pretty good with the, um, I, I'm not having sexual intercourse with an animal. Check. Okay, but there's some other ones like, man, sometimes, you know, my neighbor got me really upset or, oh, my gosh, there's just so many things in here that I'm like, that's tough. That's hard to hear. That is that is so against how I would act. That's so against how maybe I was raised. That's so against how I would think like, what do you mean? Uh, yeah, I'm all about eye for an eye. I'm all, man, you take my stuff, I'm, ta I'm taking even more. Screw you. Forget this. I'm, gonna, I'm going to get my vengeance. All of this kind of stuff. Our flesh does not want to follow the law. We are cursed if we follow, if we are to sit here and listen to the law alone. The, the law just brings curse, and this is it. But the whole point is that we we go on faith. We go on the hope that Christ has brought. We go on the understanding that, that there is a better way and it's done by renewing of our mind and allowing the Holy Spirit to be in our hearts, relying that the blood of Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law here. Because he became sin. He who knew no sin became sin. And it was crucified and conquered on that cross. So whatever your sin is, whether it's secret or public, 
May Jesus redeem that. May Jesus hold you and make you righteous by his blood, not by our works, but by our faith in who he is. That's the whole purpose of this. That's the whole uh, kit and caboodle behind all of this. Is that thank God for Jesus. Thank God for his sacrifice. Thank God that he came, that he loved us so much that he sent his one and only son. That yes, we still have moral code. Yes, we still have things that we shouldn't be doing. Yes, there's still sin, but he has still conquered sin. He has conquered death, that we can have eternal life in him by trusting and following him. I still love that line where heaven's not a place for people that were terrified of hell. Heaven is a place for people who love God. And so today, are we opening our hearts to just love God? Are we not worried about the distractions of maybe even the curse of the law? Maybe even the worry of, am I doing everything right? Maybe even the worry of maybe a family member or a friend that's doing something or hurting you or causing drama or whatever. May we not worry about the, the sins of the world. May we not even that they're all just really ultimately distractions. But may we come from a place of victory and sit down and honestly worship our God in purity and sincerity. The beginning of this chapter is exactly what we should be doing. Not worrying about the curses of the last half, but focusing on the front where we built an altar of uncut stones, of un, of no distraction, where we set up a time and a place in our lives where we just focus on the presence of God and allow him to renew and restore us. Do we allow his word to renew our mind and we allow his blood to redeem us? And we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us day to day. That this is what this is all about. And so thank God for Jesus Christ. So I pray that that is your melody today. Thank God for Jesus Christ. Thank God that Jesus loves me enough to have conquered over my sin. And not only that, but he's powerful enough to have done it for the whole world. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for your word today. We just thank you for your reminder to just, just come to you. We just, we didn't need you. We don't need talent. We don't need giftings. We don't need uh, flashy lights. We don't need all of those other uh, wonderful things that you've blessed us to be able to do. But Lord, there's times where we, that's all we need is just you. We just, there's times where we just need to sit in awe of you. We just need to sit and sit at the feet of our father, Lord. We just want to come to you and learn from you. We just want to come and worship you for you alone. Lord, may we not be worried about or seeking after gifts, but we seek the gift giver. All right, we just 
we just pray for you. We pray for your spirit to be with us. Lord, I pray for your spirit to be with everybody uh, that is uh, listening this morning and that's listening later on uh, on this podcast, that you just continue to pour out your spirit on your people. That we can live closer and a more uh, direct relationship with you uh, in a way that it just changes not only our lives, but it changes others when they look at us, that changes wonder what's different about you. And that way we can share our story about you so that more lives can be changed, so that more can come to the understanding and the healing that is brought to us by your son, by his blood, and that they can also have eternal life through Jesus Christ. We love you. We thank you and pray all this in your son's mighty name. Amen and amen. Have a beautiful Thursday, everyone. Take care, and we can't wait to see you this Sunday. It's going to be amazing. Love you all. Have a good one.